to the Liberal Europe Podcast, a European Liberal Forum project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. Today I'll be speaking with Joseph Lentsch. Joseph is a managing partner at the Innovation and Politics Institute of Germany, also former director of NEOS Lab, the party academy of NEOS in Austria, and also published a book called Political Entrepreneurship, How to Build Successful Centrist Political Startups. And after our conversation, I will introduce you to some of the events organized by ELF during this month of July. I'm here with Joseph Lynch. Joseph, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ricardo. Okay, before we talk a little about the work you do in political entrepreneurship, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself, and that is you have quite a resume already, entrepreneur, international manager, co-founder of NEOS in Austria. What led you to take this path? So in uh, 2012, uh, there was kind of a standstill in Austrian politics, and uh, a bunch of friends got together and organized some who then decided that we needed to do something ourselves, that we needed to enter the political arena, um, and, and this we did. So over one and a half years, we prepared, designed, and built the organization, and in 2013, we entered the Austrian parliament. Um, I then subsequently became the director of the think tank, uh, Neos Lab, and now I'm a managing partner at the Innovation in Politics Institute uh, in Germany, which uh, which I think shows that I'm I'm a, I'm a political um, as you as I suppose um, um, I'm I'm really I'm in love with politics. You do balance a little bit between being a politician, meaning like creating a political party, but then dedicating yourself a lot to the think tank part of it. Uh, is that comes naturally, or is that something that you have to uh, you know arrange in your mind to do those two different things? So, so I, I myself uh, uh, have never been a, a politician. I'm, 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 uh, I've, oh, I've always been on the sidelines, um, uh, supporting, sometimes coaching, uh, certainly helping um, wherever I could. Um, and, and I always uh, needed this, this uh, dualism of, of theory and practice. So this is why um, after, uh, after six years uh, of, of, of heading Neos Lab um, and, and, and learning uh, how NEOS did things, but also seeing how other parties, how new parties across Europe did things um, there. So so I, I wrote the book, which is called Political Entrepreneurship, because um, I've, to me, learning is always about this, this, this uh, change between being on the field and then stepping uh, aside and, and reflecting on uh, what what actually uh, just happened. So, so I've, I've, I feel very comfortable in the role of a reflective practitioner. I will ask you to talk a little bit about the book later on, but now I'm going to stay here on this duality for a little more. You said you hold an MSc in psychology, yes. meaning that you hold both an academic but also practical knowledge of the field of psychology. So again, this duality uh, topic is coming again. How does that benefit to you regarding working on entrepreneurship? Yes, so so I I think um, my 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 studies so so as you said psychology um, is is one of my masters where I look at the individual perspective of people um, and my second one is in public administration um, where I really look at systems and and of course for politics it's really interesting to look at the um, uh, inter you know intersection and and also 
uh, at the effects uh, of, that individuals have on systems and the systems have on individuals. And of course, with politics and entrepreneurship, there's a lot, a lot to say about leadership. Uh, leadership has also an individual uh, uh, dimension. So um, who is the person? Uh, how about their ego? Ego is a really big issue in politics. Uh, do they have a healthy ego? Um, are they resilient? Um, can they can they stand the stress they encounter and so on? So there's a lot of things to say, which I also write, write in a book about. But then, of course, there's also the question of uh, leadership in the context of systems. So how do you design, for example, a political party, a political organization, for it to, what I call, uh, for it to become a breathing organization, so that it become very open, take in inputs from, from its members, from the public, from citizens, but also then come come to decisions in time, so basically to develop uh, a decision ability. Um, all of that is is um, in 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 exchange between again individualism and and how to how to design and build systems. Those are fascinating points, and again, your uh, having a degree in psychology really helps sort this out. But I'm going to uh, push you a little bit on on this. So when you talk about leadership and you talk about systems. There's a lot of conversation about top-down and bottom-up approaches. I'm not going too much into your book, but what do you think works the best or they can run a parallel? Well, I would add a third dimension um, to that. Uh, so it's, today it's not only bottom-up and top-down, it's also lateral. It's, there's, there's a lot about lateral leadership because political parties nowadays, um, they don't have a monopoly on... on uh, uh, making politics uh, a work and 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 getting things done. There are many more actors these days. Uh, of course, the um, uh, the technology, particularly uh, social media, has really changed the game. Um, uh, on uh, you know, just think about uh, uh, Fridays for Future, for example, and other movements that really have an impact on politics. So it's not it's not just about the vertical axis, so to say. There's also horizontal horizontal axis. It's really 3D politics these days. Um, I don't believe in 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 either you know a pure bottom up leadership or or top down leadership. I think uh, nowadays there's a good book by Jeremy Hyman. It's called A New Power. Um, basically, old power, the old you know pyramid, um, command and conquer, top down push leadership, so to say. Uh, and the and the new power more about uh, pulling people in, offering things, uh, designing um, interfaces so they can they can uh, support you on certain issues. Um, so so I think um, there's a lot to be said about hybrid organizations um, that allow for for both top down and bottom up leadership, uh, also for lateral leadership, um, and and that as I said, still are, are, are able to come to decisions uh, in time. Because if you, if you don't have, you know, the policy um, when you need it, uh, then, then there's no point in, 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 in running a political party. So you can imagine as a sphere, maybe visually. Yes, I think, I think uh, a sphere is a, is a, is a, is a good, good picture for it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really 3D and you need to be able to move in all in all directions, you need to be agile these days. Also, as a political organization, um, you need to adapt very quickly. Uh, but also, but you also need 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 to lead. So, and this is where we come to the point of uh, communication uh, and and organization design these days. Um, uh, there's the you know particularly in the in the fields of entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship, 
a lot of things have happened over the last uh, one or two decades regarding, for example, co-design. How do you design organizations um, uh, with, together with others? How do you make the process, uh, the, the, the results, so to say, already? Um, and, and I think in the political sphere, uh, this is still very much under, underappreciated because many organizations, many political parties have grown over, you know, sometimes 100, 150 years uh, organically. Uh, uh, only very few, only very new ones have been designed consciously. And there's something radical about it and something, of course, uh, very liberating about it to be able to design an organization to be fit for purpose in the 21st century. Getting a little more now on political entrepreneurship, can you describe for our listeners what is a political startup and how can that help change the political process? Yes, so, so I, I um, describe political entrepreneurship as, as the third wave of entrepreneurship. So, of course, for a long time you had, you had entrepreneurs in the business sector. Now, for the last you know, 30 years or so, uh, we've seen the rise of entrepreneurship in a new dimension, which is a social dimension, and, and this has been called social entrepreneurship. So people trying to solve, address uh, social challenges um, justice issues, um, sustainability, and social issues with with entrepreneurial methods, tools, entrepreneurial mindset. So that's that's been something new and something quite impactful. And now, really, for the last uh, years, only we've we've seen a new wave of entrepreneurship, and that's the entrepreneurship in the political sphere. Um, so so that's people entering often with an entrepreneurial background, but not necessarily. Uh, much more importantly, with an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and, and, and what is that about? Um, it, it means that, that people um, try to, uh, to tackle uh, systemic challenges in the political system um, by leveraging resources that are at, at, the, at the certain point in time beyond their, their reach. So, so, you know, for example, when we started NEOS, a lot of people would say, you will never get into parliament. You know, it, you don't have any chance uh, because there's too much money, there's too many resources you need. Uh, you don't have them. You don't have the people. So, you know, why, 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 why even try? And entrepreneurial people, they are creative in organizing the resources, in leveraging resources other, others might, might have um, and, 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 and help address those problems. So you need, of course, you need the people, you need the money. You need the communication channels and many other things that you don't have when you start. Uh, but entrepreneurial people are not um, are not the ones to say, "Well, then, then let's not even try it." They they they, they achieve things where others say it's almost impossible. Um, and this mindset um, I've seen in many parties, um, and I've interviewed seven of them uh, for for the book. So I've interviewed. Sirodanos uh, in Spain, um, Novo, Novochesna in Poland, um, uh, Progressivne in, in Slovakia, uh, Neos in, in Austria, Omarsh in, uh, in France, and also Yeshatit uh, in Israel. Uh, so one non-European party. But all of them are liberal centrist parties. And all of them have many uh, very entrepreneurial people uh, who try to to, to be creative about problem solving. Not all of them are successful um, because most political startups uh, fail, just like most business startups fail. Uh, but some of them, for example, recently, uh, Progressivne um, in Slovakia with the new liberal female president, Susana Chaputova, uh, or also at the European elections have been very successful. Of course, Omarsh 
has been uh, highly impactful that basically upended the French political system as we knew it. Um, Ciudadanos are, are also um, um, riding high and, and let's see what happens, uh, what happens to Neos potentially. Um, they might become even more successful in, in autumn. Novocheson are not so successful. So it's not that all of them are, are, are superstars, you know, but, but it's really interesting um, uh, having observed them, having talked with many people of them from, you know, the party leadership to activists, um, what they're about, how they build themselves and, and how, they, how they try to do things uh, the entrepreneurial way. That is a great point, Joseph, because I was going to uh, try to pry a little more from you on that particular point. Uh, part and that is you like to mention success stories but also you don't shy away from tales of failure and you just mentioned that so sometimes things do fail so why is that for you um, and how is that translate then for your way of talking about this to other people well well the first reason why that is is that because it's risky i mean there's if if you found a new business just as if you found a new party there's a certain risk involved entrepreneurials are not reckless uh, that that they basically jump off the cliff and see what's what's down below right i mean entrepreneur entrepreneurs are are uh, calculated risk takers so they they know that the, the chance of for example getting into parliament might be 20% you know or it might or it might be even 10% so there's a very, very high risk of failing. So it's not, it should not come as a surprise. It, it's rather about the learning. So, so you know, from every failure, um, you can learn something. Um, but also from every success, you need to learn something. It's often much harder um, because you think you're right, um, uh, why you just may have been lucky. So, um, but of course, there are also some, some, some mistakes entrepreneurs can make, strategic mistakes, um, recruiting mistakes, uh, communication mistakes. There are many, many in the political arena uh, that, that might be problematic if you're an established party. But for a political startup, if you don't have an established brand in the public sphere, it might be, it might be lethal. Um, so, so there are many things you can, you can do wrong, but I've, I try to focus mostly on the things, uh, how you can get it right. Yes, I, I see that. Uh, some of key words that I'm collecting here in our talk, and that is motivation, uh, creativity, learning. So you do put a lot of emphasis on this more intangible uh, aspects, but you did mention also there is need for money, there's need an organization, there's need for people. So how do you make those two things marry in a very elegant way? It, uh, that's of course a very, very, very difficult challenge. I, uh, so the parties I've, I've looked at, um, they they really started with with the people. Uh, the first thing you need, of course, you, you cannot you cannot run or build uh, a political party by yourself. I mean, it, 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 the political already means you need to be a group. Um, it can be a small group. It can be a group of seven, ten, twenty, forty. Um, it can be a large group, but you need you need people, um, co-conspirators, uh, first supporters, sparring partners. Um, you need uh, people for lots of roles. Uh, but first of all, you need people to to challenge you, uh, to think with you, uh, uh, to develop uh, an enthusiasm with you, and of course to mold this 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 vision you might have. Um, and and those people, of course, not all of them have to be. Uh, political. I, I would even argue that it, it, it is an advantage if there are some people who don't have a political background, but some of them um, surely will have to be uh, politicos 
who really, really understand um, the political field, the political actors, the interests, uh, the game, uh, how, how is it played, what are the rules. Um, that's the, this is the first stage of political entrepreneurship to understand, to develop a deep appreciation. So you could even say a love for, for the political system um, and, and, and really get what, what it's about, how it operates. Um, because if you don't, if you just develop a superficial understanding, um, uh, you will have you will have a problem, and you won't get very you won't get very far. But if you have this group, and if you have this understanding, and develop this common understanding, then the next challenge is that you need to develop a shared uh, a vision and and a shared set of of values. So you need to um, develop a strong bond as a group and a, and a strong shared understanding, you don't have to agree on everything, but a strong shared understanding, what, what are the core values that we as a group, as a future political movement uh, do have. Uh, NEOS, for example, started to very early on map out its, its value universe. So what are the core, the five core values in our case? It was, you know, for example, um, freedom loving, um, um, it was uh, authentic, it was uh, appreciative, um, and, and, and many others um, that, that we uh, agreed on in a, in a kind of a, a consciously designed process that lasts perhaps six months, nine months, perhaps a year, but where you meet on a regular basis and start to uh, form the future political uh, movement. So that's the understanding and then the, the, the envisioning and starting to co-envision um, uh, and co-map uh, the political movement of the future, that's, that would be the first, the first uh, couple of stages. Now let me get a little more practical, and that is you just gave some examples of success in France, in Poland, in Slovakia, in Spain. Let's say that some people are listening to our conversation right now and trying, you know, and again, I will strongly recommend they buy your book, but try to come up with the same kind of energy and motivation to create a political party, a centrist political party, in their home country. What can you tell us what will be the first steps apart from all that that you just said, and that is finding people, finding a message, finding a core interest. How can someone just start on that process? It's just passion or do you think you can have a little more of a pragmatical approach? I think you need a lot of passion, but also you need a lot of professionalism. I think you, it's, it's not enough to have one, one of the two. Um, you, need, you need to be able to enthuse people, um, uh, but but at the same time you need to be able to take people with you. It's it's not enough to be uh, uh, passionate in your head and to be passionate in your heart, and 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 people can connect rationally. Uh, but of course you need to have some ideas um, what you would like to address in terms of political challenges, what what changes you would like to see um, uh, in terms of policies. Of course. Um, before you, you know, invite people to get together, for example, for for a couple of days, as many of those movements have done for a, for a, you know common retreats to find out is there enough substance there, is there enough trust there uh, to start together. But of course, you will have you, you have to have some some um, also uh, policy um, uh, plans, policy ideas. You don't have to have a fully formulated manifesto. Um, many of the centrist parties. Are very good and, and and very diligent at formulating you know policy manifestos, but that's not the point uh, this early on. It's more about connecting um, on a human level um, and 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 getting a sense of the others, 
Um, and, and of course, you know, committing yourself. Uh, you need time. Uh, you need to throw yourself in. You need to take a risk. Um, you need to be ready that the system will sanction you, for example, with NEOS, as soon as, as other political parties heard, as the government heard that, that we are about to do something. Of course, they started to approach us and say, you know, don't do it. You will, um, you will suffer from it. Um, and that's in a Western established democracy, right? Um, some people have lost mandates, some people have lost clients, have lost uh, projects. So you have to be ready for that. You have to, you have to not be naive about it, but, but really know what, what you're doing here. But also be ready that people, um, at least publicly, uh, first ignore you. You know, like, like the old saying, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. That's actually quite, quite something to it. <laughs> um, at this stage, you know, most people will ignore you and will only approach you in private and tell you things perhaps you don't want to hear. Um, um, and another thing, I think, at this early stage already, um, because this is where many political startups fail, is to start not only thinking, but also start be practical about money. Um, for every political system, there's a figure. Um, there's a figure and there's a euro um, uh, in front of the figure. Um, and it might be 1 million, it might be 2 million, it might be 700,000 euros, but there's a certain figure. And this figure you need to be competitive, uh, to be able to compete in a, in a political campaign on a, you know, let's say, national, national level. Um, and if you don't know that figure, you know, that's part of the understanding of the political system, then you should really, first of all, find out what that figure is. And then also start very quickly thinking about how you possibly could get to that figure. It might sound... Um, Tremendously high, um, almost again, almost impossible. Um, but for example, with Neos, we started to throw in our own money uh, right from the beginning. We had a plastic box, and, and at every gathering, you know, everyone threw in 20, 20 euros, 50 euros, 100 euros. Of course, it's not enough by far, but there's a culture, there's a culture you need to develop right from the beginning. Um, and, and there's a path dependency which means that, that beginnings matter. It, begins, it matters how you, how you uh, start building that culture right from the beginning. Um, and and, 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 and that's, that's really, really important for later stages. It's interesting that you got into that because I was going to ask you to talk a little bit about the M words, the money words, but you already uh, expressed it very, very well. And I think exactly as you mentioned, and that is a culture also because people sometimes they do get too caught up in politics and they don't think about what is needed to make things uh, advance and that I think it's a great suggestion. Uh, uh, now that we're getting to the end of our conversation, you do have a book called uh, Political Entrepreneurship, How to Build Successful Centrist Political Startups and uh, my question to you is now that you have done all this work, you've gone this far, what kind of new knowledge, what kind of new frontiers do you see coming up regarding this kind of uh, political activity? So, so one is, of course, how to apply the, the, the insights gained um, uh, from the book uh, to, the, to the real world. And I think there are two ways. So one way is I'm actually currently working on building an incubator for political startups, um, meaning a structured program which already exists for business startups um, in the Silicon Valley, um, like Y2 Combinator and other programs, um, where, where emerging parties, political startups, have the opportunity to get structured support uh, over the course of a year from, from experts, from practitioners, 
from academics, from peers uh, who have done it already. Um, and, and so where, where I support and where I can help um, political uh, uh, parties to, uh, to build themselves and, and be successful. So that's, that's one thing I'm excited about and I'm looking forward, hopefully, to get this off the ground in 2020. The other, Can, uh, let me just interrupt you. If people want to know more about this, where they should, where should they go? Well, th th there's nothing online yet. Oh, um, there's so, nothing. Okay. Uh, but but of course, uh, if if people are interested, uh, they can always uh, uh, ping me an, an an email. It's it's joseph.lench l-e-n-t-s-c-h at gmail.com. Um, and the other the other frontier would be, of course how to apply the, 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 the tools and insights gained uh, about political startups um, with uh, traditional established parties. So many parties have, uh, have been approaching me and asking, you know, so, so how can we learn from, from the methods that political startups use? And I think that there's, there's the need, uh, we need all of them, all, all of the parties. Um, we, need, we need reformed and, and transformed uh, traditional parties uh, that are fit for purpose in the 21st century, but we also need the new ones, the emerging ones, the political startups. So I think those would be the two uh, frontiers that I will uh, I look forward to working on in the next years. All right, I'll have you back on the podcast to talk a little more about that incubator um, idea that you have. Not it's more than an idea. Now you already have the the structure of it, right? I understood that correctly. Yeah. All right, Joseph. Um, any last message for our listeners? Can you tell us for us to be positive and keep? going forward? I think that every journey starts with the first step. And, and, and even if it almost looks impossible um, to, to establish a political party in a particular country, um, uh, you know, don't let yourself be discouraged, but, but, but be aware that there are many others who tried um, and who are actually in the course of trying. Some of them fail and that's okay. You know, that, that there's no shame in, in failing. Actually, the, the, the shame is in not trying. Um, and now's the time, you know, now, uh, who, who, if not us, uh, uh, now, if not now, then when, you know, that, that, that's, that's the question. So it's, it's down to us to, to uh, save European democracy and transform it uh, for, for the better of all. And, and this is what I'm trying to, to encourage everyone to do. Again, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. This shame is not trying. I think this is a great way for, for us to say goodbye to our listeners. And Josef, I will have you back again to keep this conversation going on and to keep following your, that fantastic work you've been doing. Thanks for having me, Sir Ricardo. Very good talking to you. I'm back, and even before we go into this week's ELF events, let me tell you that you can also follow us now on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating. This way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. Now for some of the events organized by ELF during this month of July, 14 and the 15th of July in Gdansk in Poland, there'll be the event Tell Me Your Story, Secrets of Storytelling in Campaigning. This event is organized by HVS and VVD International. And then on the 18 in Rome, Italy, we have a Ralph Darndorf Roundtable Citizens in the Internet Era. We need mature and aware individuals, people who have developed a culture in a broad sense and an affinity for digital technology, allowing them to make the most of all the extraordinary possibilities offered, whether in the area of participation, 
democratic governance or accountability. This event is organized by the European Liberal Forum and also the Institut Novum in Slovenia, the International Education Center from Croatia and the Fondazione Luigi Naudi from Italy. I will be back soon with more podcasts, but until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe podcast is organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament, and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any news that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum. <laughs>